Hello and welcome to Morgan Latif Presents Coaching You Through Crisis. I'm Sam Latif, co-founder and director of Morgan Latif and your host. And this week, my guest is Arun Kohli. Uh, Arun brings close to 35 years as a CEO and MD level type positions, particularly for mid-cap businesses. Uh, he's worked all over the world uh, from Asia to Europe to the US. Uh, he's truly a global citizen, uh, fluent in seven languages. And now as a coach, he has a particular focus on C-suite. Um, he's trained over 200 uh, C-level executives in some of the largest organizations uh, in the world. And um, he has a particular focus in helping leaders navigate uh, complexity and uncertain and ambiguous times. And uh, that is none more so true than it is uh, at this present time. And, and this is the topic that he decides to speak with us today. So um, he, we have a great conversation and he really weaves in his own experience and, and how he's able to really help manage uh, diverse and um, international teams as well through these times. And, um, and hopefully he gives some good guidance on, on uh, to leaders uh, dealing with similar challenges uh, in this day and age. So um, I hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, let's get into it. Arun, good morning. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, Sam. Thank you for calling me in. Good to be with you. Great. Well, look, um, I appreciate your time. Um, you know, as I said, it's, uh, it's a very uh, interesting time for all of us, uh, should we say. Um, and uh, I've sort of changed a little bit my, my habits at the beginning of the show where I asked, <laughs> how have you been coping? But now I really like to better understand from coaches from a personal perspective. I know you're a parent. Um, you know, uh, you've been obviously uh, living this situation in, in Germany, but what's maybe a personal lesson that you've learned uh, about yourself that maybe you'd be taking forward now just uh, following everything that's happened um, through this crisis? Yeah, there is a very strong personal lesson in this uh, crisis. Let's call it a crisis, a disruption. Uh, I have two kids, both in the university, and my wife is also an entrepreneur. So they were all together. And as a student of psychology my concern was how is it going to impact them right how can i strengthen them so my strength is basically how many pillars i have below me supporting me and my family is my support system so we've been locked up for two two months and we created new things we started doing yoga and cooking more and getting people involved I know you also have an extensive experience, uh, both as a, as a leader, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the, the topic that you're going to be, um, you know, talking us through. But um, I always also like to understand the origin story. I mean, you've been a CEO yourself. You've worked in uh, multiple industries, uh, an extensive track record, um, again, in industry. But for you, what was it that, again, uh, put you on this path in, on, on coaching and, and guiding leaders through also uh, these uh, these uh, complex um, challenges? Leadership roles, you know, are basically coaching roles mm -hmm. because you're not uh, managing people and you're leading them. And in, in leading, basically, uh, the most fundamental thing is are people following you? And if the people are following you, then that can only happen because you take care of their concerns. Mm -hmm. So I look back and uh, saw that very long back, 1989, I started training young people. Uh, some, one young girl came up and said, I, you know, she, she was 18 and I asked her, what are you doing in a warehouse? Why are you working? 
in this warehouse. She's good looking, tall young lady. And uh, she said, you know, I'd love to learn becoming a business person in uh, international trade, but your company does not offer anything. I said, well, I can change that. I am the managing director here. So I went and learned how to train people and got certified in Düsseldorf in Germany. Ever since I've trained a lot of people, even being CEO, I always selected some young people and trained them. So I was sitting in Hong Kong um, in 2010. Uh, I was CEO of Sympatex Technologies. It's a very popular German company. Mm-hmm. who make membranes and uh, my children said look papa we've studied in italy we've gone to school in italy we've gone to school in germany now going to school in china is no go mm-hmm. so i said all right my choice is to come back to germany so i asked my wife what do you think i do best mm-hmm. she says you learn very quickly and when you explain something to somebody they understand it very fast i said so what do you think of coaching she said, that'll be ideal for you. So I started learning coaching. It, is, uh, it was a good school. It's the first school that created coaching. And when I finished coaching course, I said, with so little, you cannot possibly help people because it's about human behavior. So mm-hmm. I started studying psychology. Mind you, I am not going to be called a psychologist because that is counterproductive to coaching. <laughs> so that's how I came to coaching. Wow. Well, yeah, and I know it's been... Um you know, quite a journey ever since. Um, and through that, you know, um, both with the experience you've had as a CEO and as a coach, you know, I'm sure this is a problem that, you know, is, is very unique. Um, and this is also something that you're going to be talking us today in terms of this uncertainty that we're all facing, how to really be able to lead through that. And um, again, there's so many different opinions. I think one thing we can all agree on is nobody really knows exactly how this is going to turn out, whether it's going to be a quick rebound or not, but it's obvious that it's going to have a lasting impact. And I think my first question on this subject, um, which is, again, really important, is, you know, we, we look to our leaders to give us this sense of reassurance, uh, be that captains of industry or, or, or heads of government. So, I mean, as a leader, how do you communicate not knowing or, or, or being uncertain, but at the same time giving, uh, be that your employees or the people that are looking to you, reassurances over the, the future? That's a very good question because uh, we need to communicate. So let me answer this in two parts. One part is just for the leaders um, to understand. You said rightly, we do not know it's uncertain. Uh, what is it going to come out? But let's be a little philosophical. Do you know how my life is going to come out? I don't know. I just don't know. So you live one day at a time and do your best what you're doing. And honestly speaking, this is the best sentence I taught my kids. I don't know. Because the moment you say, I know, learning is finished. And leaders are continuously learning. Because people are following them, they're coming with new ideas. So how to communicate something down that really reaches the last person standing there. First of all, you have to keep one thing in my mind, in your mind, excuse me, one thing in your mind. It is not what you're saying. It is how you're going to say it. Mm. And very important is the word articulation. Whatever is in 
whatever is your mental model, whatever you've thought of, whatever goodness or restrictions or constraints you've thought of, you have to articulate them. Like I, I love to use this sentence in my, um, my career. I said, when you give any instructions to your suppliers, to your partners, make sure that the blind can read. It should be so crystal clear mm -hmm. that they can read it. And that, is, that was the first way I reduced mistakes up to 99.8%, mm -hmm. which is excellent, almost sigma six. So communicating, you have to get your reports together and tell them why you are doing this. When you explain them the why, and tell them I'm, I'm doing it because I want you to take this step exactly the way I am doing it. And how do you how do you foster that kind of environment so that you are that you are able to then trust the 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 other leaders that you're reporting into yourself, for example, have that same ability to deal with that um, ambiguity and that uncertainty? Um, how do you build that kind of culture? Actually, you've given the answer uh, very clearly. When you let's say you have eight reports and you get them together and you insist, look, the purpose of this communication is to remove ambiguity. Mm -hmm. We do not want to be sure what we are saying. We want to be sure what the people understand. What is the purpose of me saying I'm hungry and you don't understand what I really want? Mm -hmm. So. Tell your reports, I would like you to replicate this one-on-one, -on -one, prepare it, let's discuss it, and then tell your reports further, exactly like this. Please take time to communicate because this is an exceptional time. Mm -hmm. You know, communicating, we've hired a new manager for technology. Okay, people are aware of it, but they're not interested. Now they're interested in what is the company doing for us. Mm -hmm. So it is very important to remove that ambiguity and ambiguity is removed by a very simple sentence by saying, please ensure that people understand what we really mean and let's formulate that and let's formulate how to transfer it. But with that, I mean, you said um, you're sort of entrusting your team to also follow that um, very well. And, and as you rightly said, this is a very exceptional circumstances that we're all living in. And when that occurs, maybe people's behavior can change and, and people might, might go the other way, correct? So they, they might be somebody that turns into, I don't know, a bit of a negative or uh, a bit of a toxic presence in, in certain leadership teams. Again, not, not in all, but there, there's... There may be always uh, some examples of that or somebody really offering resistance when the path is so unclear. Uh, and um, what do you suggest when that occurs, when there are um, fractions in the, the, the kind of leadership teams and there are these kind of toxic personalities <laughs> that, uh, that arise when there is this uncertainty? How do you suggest dealing with that? Uh, let me give you a scale on, on this. There is negativity and there are toxic people. So negativity is uh, normal because that's a sign of sometimes, in this case, it'll be a sign of fear. Mm -hmm. And um, rest assured, many people coming back to work are coming with fear. Mm -hmm. And we have to be careful that some people have really experienced it because they may have lost somebody in, in the family. Mm 
They mm -hmm. may have lost a loved one, maybe mm -hmm. grandfather, grandmother, and some may have been affected terribly and they want to share that. And they're not interested in any superficial messages. Mm -hmm. Negativity you will always have because if you had complete positivity, that, that would be a dead end, that would be inert, nothing will move. So negativity is a good sign and let them be negative. There's no problem with that. You have to just talk to them. Mm -hmm. So there are two, two kinds of people. I again give you two examples. There may be more. One, they'll be coming back with fear. The others will try to manipulate the situation, kind of, you know, push it onto your shoulder and say, it's your responsibility. You have to explain it to me. Because there are people like that. Mm -hmm. That is human. Yeah. Certain negativity you can uh, challenge professionally. Let me give you an example. Um, we had a quality controller, a head, head of quality controller. And we had people like uh, Gautier coming to us, top designers coming to look at our products. And when I joined this company, I saw it was a beautiful big hall and all, all the places, all the corners were full of cobwebs. Okay. I said, is this quality? So this man who was in charge of quality, he says, you know, if I go up and I fall down, you are going to be responsible. And so these are kind of people who will come to you. Mm -hmm. So I asked him, I said, uh, I, were you planning to go up? Were you taking a ladder and cleaning it up? He says, you told me. I said, I said, I want that cleaned. Get a professional and get it done. Mm -hmm. So this is the time to use your authority when people are nonsensically negative. Should people be, should leaders be more risk averse in overall with, with the situation, just given what's going on or, or should they be taking more risks? What is your opinion on that? See, the reality we are going to face is um, is a total downturn in the economy. We don't know how it's going to pan out. The first results that come out probably in three months mm -hmm. are going to shake us up <laughs> further because just yesterday I read that uh, Renault is already having some trouble. Mm -hmm. the layoffs and things. So taking risk or not taking risk we cannot do it in an absolutistic manner. Mm -hmm. You cannot go to the office and say, I'm not going to take any risk because risks in business are educated risks. They are not speculative. You're not really gambling. Mm -hmm. The people are there. They're not all gone. The markets are there. The only thing that's missing is the will to consume. Mm -hmm. So in Almost every area, I mean, if you talk to a doctor, a dentist, they've not had people coming to them. I mean, it's a necessity. But even there, people have not gone, gone there because of fear of infection. Mm -hmm. So risk-taking has to be maintained the way we did earlier. I'm not talking about gambling, but the educated risk-taking. There are opportunities there because everything was missing. Maybe you can increase your market share. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always going to be winners and losers, right? And um, in course. any situ any situation like that. Um, 
and um and yeah i think again it's it's not a case that um people can predict the future but there's certainly uh, analysis and scenario planning that can be done to sort of um Absolutely. allow you to make the right decisions but um how do you also i mean with everything that's going on and do you think there's there's actually a blueprint that somebody can follow when it comes to navigating a crisis like this i know it's unprecedented in, in certain respects but the history can always teach us something right and um is it uh, of value to look in the past to then help guide the futures in the future or should the leader just trust their instinct uh when it comes to a, a situation like this uh, and making decisions um it's true what you said that there is no precedence because uh, the last time we had a very dramatic situation was 1945 it ended in 1945 mm -hmm. and the people who were born then and have a vivid memory vivid memory of that are probably too old and not working anymore perhaps many are not even living mm -hmm. so the phase we have lived since the last 75 years is basically affluence it's it's been going up all the way but there are truly some examples and one of these examples that uh, strike me are porsche porsche was almost bust 1993 mr vide king took over mm -hmm. and the turnover was about 300 million i still vividly recall by uh, interview in the television when some and a reporter asked a uh, porsche sales person he says why should somebody buy a porsche when he can buy much cheaper a master mm -hmm. he says we are a legend i said oh wow these guys are going to go down because uh, with platitudes you've never <laughs> achieved anything yeah, yeah. but really king came along and he had a massive challenge he said i need to fire people but i cannot fire people so what to do let them participate now when i think back after learning from paulo ferrer the brazilian educator mm. he let people participate he called everybody and said excuse me my uh, narrative is not precise but the the gist is absolutely in that direction yeah and he said i do not want to fire anybody because your job is as valuable to you as mine is to me what do you propose we do so many people who are above 57 years voluntarily left the company mm -hmm. to and after he had restructured it the basis was let people participate after he restructured it it reached 24 billion euros turnover from 300 million dmark deutschmark this is this is success wow. yeah and and i think also just the how we think about leadership is going to alternately well essentially change or certainly be impacted but in your opinion i mean that that's an example of, of how maybe that crisis shaped uh, the the kind of the future of porsche but in your opinion um what will be the lasting impact on how people lead do you think there will be a lasting impact and and what will be the consequences following um this crisis Yes um as a matter of fact we never come out of any disruptive event unscathed or we always take some bruises with us mm. and um this and pandemic has put us all in the same boat and the first impact is fear and let us not underestimate that let us not underestimate it as 
leaders and also as managers. Please be careful that the people who are coming back are coming with a certain fear. So categorizing them into excessive fear or less fear is, is not going to help. This is the first impact and how are you going to deal with it? You will have to reframe your, let's say once a week meeting. May you say, let's talk about us. Let's put away our handsets, emails. Please come just with your cup of coffee or tea or whatever you drink. Let's talk. People want to be understood. People need to talk because it is a, it's a phenomenon that if you talk about something, the effect mitigates. The other part is that when human beings live in a situation, they become accustomed to it. You know, you live in poverty, you think that's normal. You are in affluence and super rich, you think there is no poverty and people are to blame themselves. It's a very strange thing. But let me give you an example. Uh, what is empathetic talk? I, I used to have a manager in, I think, 2009 in Beijing. His name was Brian Chu, and he was a hiker. And one day I learned from my um, staff in Beijing, he had an accident, broke his leg, and it's in the bed. So I called him up on the phone and said, how are you doing? He laughed at it. This thing happens. doesn't matter. Two weeks later, his wife died. Yeah. Now, I think people start becoming superstitious when, you, when so many things happen yeah. in a sequence. So this is bad. So I flew from Hong Kong to Beijing and I told him, I've come for you. It is important to let people know you're doing it for them. Yeah because they're important and you could have i could have asked how are you and he said yes yeah, terrible but i said having an accident and then losing your wife it must have been a depressing state he says you're the first person who said what i really felt i was depressed and i still keep slipping into it I haven't done anything. I haven't given him any medication, any care. It's just the understanding. And his performance was so good after that. He followed me mm. because he thought, this man understands me. I did nothing great. It's, it doesn't take a lot. Just try to understand. You may be thinking, how can I, I do this? Just try to address the feeling behind the whole situation. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think you said the, the interconnectedness that um, we've all felt from the situation and, and it's just been heightened, you know, ironically by being away, um, you know, has been something remarkable to understand. And as you said, if, if that's going to have a lasting impact on leadership so that we are able to address this, the fears of the future, the uncertainty, practice more empathy, um, you know, that's, that's hopefully, um, yeah, a really positive result of it. So, um, it just it just strikes me that uh, it may just be an opportunity to reframe your complete strategy. Look back and see, is this something you thought would have been great if we had, we had addressed it and we had people doing this or that and following this pattern? Now is, is the time because you have the opportunity to get people together. Yeah.
absolutely. And not just the leaders for today, but the ones for tomorrow as well. It's going to be hopefully a valuable lesson. But um, look, Arun, it's been really interesting. Um, yeah, I know with your particular uh, also lens, but being a CEO, the MD, you, you know, you understand the moving parts and, and um, the complexity um, of this situation and, and obviously helping, um, giving some advice on, on leading through uncertainty will, will hopefully be of value to, to those listening. So um, I appreciate your time uh, and thank you for joining on the show and, um, you know, oh, best of luck with everything. Thank you very much, Sam. It's been interesting addressing the questions and thinking about them because each one of us is involved in the daily routine. <laughs> it was good talking to you. Thank you very much. Thanks again, Arun. Take care.